Welcome to the Fuse Cup Meet the Coach podcast, an opportunity to get to know the coaches and hear from those working in esports in education. Welcome to episode three of Meet the Coach podcast for the Fuse Cup. We have an absolute cracking podcast today. Our next guest is a dear friend and one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. He's a highly experienced and accomplished e-learning leader and has led some amazing innovations in his school. He's an active member of the Microsoft Innovative Educator Expert Community and this year is a Microsoft Fellow. He's been a huge advocate for the Fuse Cup and esports and education and we can't wait to share his thoughts with you today. So please welcome Mr. Mark Savory. So Andrew, how are you buddy? How are you doing? Not too bad, Dan. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. You uh, had a bit of a chat there. You're, you're surviving the, the uh, snap lockdown in Melbourne at the moment. That's ah, fine. As long yeah. as it doesn't go for another couple of months. Yeah, you good. guys are old old hands at it by now, aren't you? You've, you've got it down Experts. pat. Experts. <laughs> uh, cool. Look, th- thanks so much for being part of our uh, Meet the Coach podcast. You know, you and I have been chatting quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, very keen to kind of get your thoughts on esports and education. But before we do... Um, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background in education for those people watching or listening? Oh, um, okay. So it's a bit of an interesting one. I, I ended up graduating a long time ago for teacher's college, but didn't use it right away until I basically moved to Australia, sort of a back and forth thing. And, yep. and I guess the history starts with alternative education. So kids that are pretty challenging i suppose and needed a lot of help and that's kind of what we did we tried to get them back into the school system i guess you could put it that way um which then led into um a well-being role at at elwood college many years ago so i did that for about a decade alongside my health and pe teaching and now it's just down to health and pe part-time oh cool yeah yeah it's, it's um a lot of the people we talk to either jump straight into teaching or you know had different careers and brought in another kind of a whole bunch of wealth with them of knowledge so it's cool to see that you know you've kind of jumped in and out and and you've been able to look at re-engaging those kids who sometimes can be challenging and i think esports is is really um a really good motivator for for them what about your history with gaming like were you a gamer as a kid do you do you play anything now or is it just kind of a, a tool that you use uh gamer then gamer now what's the difference <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah no i played um i played games since i was probably 12 like my dad brought home an ibm pc junior Ooh, yeah we're talking what is it 128 kilobytes of ram <laughs> no hard yeah. drive you know oh, the floppy disk floppy disk you could fan yourself with yeah. um and played and it's i think a previous um coach mentioned playing like you know, the Sierra games with King's Quest and stuff. I started with that stuff as well. It's great. Um, and then it, you know, fast forward a bunch of years. A lot of it was first person shooter stuff, but a lot of it was uh, st- strategy stuff as well, like StarCraft oh, yeah. and yeah. a bit of competitive Counter-Strike actually for Ooh. a few years. I played in leagues and tournaments and stuff on big lands. Yeah. Um, nowhere like the pros today or anything like that. But this is back in the day of CS <laughs> 1.0 to 1.6 old school. Yeah, yeah. Before the days of skins. Yeah, where everyone was custom. Everyone was default. <laughs> yeah, default character. Everyone was default. Yeah. Um, just it was it was a pretty pure experience. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and then now, 
well, the game that I play with my friends is Warzone because a lot of my friends aren't on PC. They might be on controller. So it's mm -hmm. a little bit of cross-platform. And then my other friends are doing some virtual reality stuff. So I've got a few games in VR right now. I'm trying to get a little bit better project cars too and a bit of racing. It's oh, that's, yeah. That, that's good fun, especially in virtual reality. Very yeah cool. it's a, the vr gaming has come on so well you know so far hasn't it? like it was yeah. really clunky for a really long time and all of a sudden it just seems to kind of you know completely changed um absolutely yeah we play you know beat saber here with the kids and a few other things and it's you know once you pop it on you it's fully it's immersive it's great the kids love it yeah so. yeah they're, they're starting to get triple a level now and the pc vr side anyway it's getting yeah there. yeah they're really cool um you know what when you talk about esports and education sometimes leadership you know it's a new concept for them so sometimes it takes a little bit of gently massaging that conversation to try and get them on board when it was first floated was that your experience at your school it actually wasn't it happened very easily um because i guess the the administration staff know that i've you know i'm I'm a gamer as well, and 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 I'm very interested in competition as a PE teacher, coach lots of sports at school, things like that. And so when I brought it up to them, um, I brought the idea to them for esports. They were pretty quick to say yes, but it's probably because it was part of a bigger picture. Hmm. So what we've set up, um, and I've sort of recruited a couple, like a year twelve student, a couple of year ten students to help run this. We've got a social gaming club this year we're calling it egc elwood gaming club and uh the the idea is obviously inclusivity and it doesn't have to be competitive and it's got to be quick right if it's happening at recess so it's recess <laughs> and lunch on one day on thursday oh, yeah yeah um but it's working so far so anybody with a switch has there's four screens a couple of projectors a couple of android tvs um and it's like first in needs to dock it and get either uh, Smash Bros or Mario Kart or Just Dance or Screen Cheat I put on last time. Right. Um, and so this is our default. And then we're going to set up uh, a lot of the computers with some Minecraft and doesn't run very well, but runs just well enough to practice Rocket League. So we're going to get all that going as well. And then wow. some special events and tournaments and stuff if they're feasible. But the idea is that it has to be games that are easy to get out of so mm. like rocket league five minute games you can get a few games and that's great yeah um and then of course the esports side of it is a chance for those teams to to practice so um i mean there's a hundred plus kids on the list oh. at the moment i had probably 60 to 70 on lunchtime last week well it's just the second week so yeah it's, there's obviously a demand for it right well i mean if you're getting that kind of turnout yeah absolutely yeah, and yeah, I think so really the model excited. that you've got, you know, short, sharp, punchy activities, as you said, can cycle. I mean, it sounds incredible. It sounds like there's a lot of scope um, yeah, and a lot of opportunity for those kids to cycle through those games, which is cool. I love how you, you know, you're incorporating the year 12s and giving them some leadership in that too. That's, that's how you really build that kind of long lasting program. So it's not just a all on your shoulders type of thing. Well, that's it. And the year 12 student I'm thinking of, um, is going to move into a bit of a sports administration sort of role um, or at least that that path for education and he's really keen on video games and he mm. wants to do this kind of organized sort of tournaments for basketball but 
it's like, perfect. Can I do rocket league? And he's really, really keen for that. And, and I guess the other thing that makes it work is that it's self-sustaining. Mm. I'm just walking around once, once it's set up, I'm just walking around and make sure, you know, there's no food around and, and everybody's, you know, having a good time kind of thing. Um, but then we'll run sort of special events. So I'm planning on retro week or <laughs> retro. It's only once a week. So retro a couple of weeks. And I've already got the AP telling me he's got an old SNES and yeah. gonna, gonna bring in some old stuff. So it should be fun. On um on Switch, you can actually actually download the old S, uh, SNES kind of stuff. And it's so funny when you give kids the opportunity to play it. They're like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, actually. Like, this is the original Mario Kart? Ew. It's very that just happened, didn't it? The, the the original Mario Kart just got just appeared on there, I think. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. I um yeah. I got it for my kids and, and just watched their faces as they were like, Oh, this is what's this? Yeah. I'm like, this is old school. This is what your dad learned on. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. And you know, I think there's actually a real interest for that. Maybe it's short term, but I, I think those the kids will love that old, old school stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's a you get that retro niche kind of interest for a little while until they yeah. hopefully it doesn't wear off you know that's it so obviously you know um the kids have responded really well to the opportunity to participate um what about in regards to like the competitive side of things like what's been the interest there from the kids oh, i mean there's already a competitive scene behind the scenes right yeah. so you know i've got students telling me they want to play all these different games and they're just really, really keen. Some of them have no idea what it's like to actually compete. They just do whatever the game offers them. Mm. Um, so there's a bit of a learning curve for me explaining like what what this really is and how you represent the school and, and stuff like that. But like it's it's instant. Like they just want to be be part of it. So I, I my my biggest issue is figuring out who can do what. Yeah. So that that's that, next. That's next. Yeah, in that next. limited time, right? Yeah, that's it. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, we're communicating. We, we're a Google school. Yep. So we've got the suite and I'm using Google Classroom basically to send out all the communication and set some polls and figure mm. out what's what. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned about it. We'll get there. Yeah. So, I mean, you spoke briefly there about the misconceptions of students around the competitive side. Like, Have you had any um, misconceptions from parents or staff about what esports and gaming can look like in schools? So... Not yet, um, and I'm ready for that conversation. I got no problem with that. <laughs> I just think uh, one of the biggest concerns can be around content, right? Mm. So the, the type of game, and that's one of the things we love about the Fuse Cup is you know the the nature of it all. So um, you know, working with our year sevens and eights, I, I, I can easily have a conversation with parents about the you know Just Dance 2021 and say, well. I don't think you guys need to worry about anything in particular here, guys. Yeah. Um, so um, having the right games and then being able to explain, um, hopefully the, the, well, I'm, I'm putting together a little document for the parents as well um, as part of the, um, well, just as part of the whole package, really. First stage is just a social gaming club. Second yeah. stage is getting all that stuff sorted. So, so far, so far, really not, a, not a whole lot. You know, I think mm. it's, it's, and I think just mainstream wise, I think as soon as parents see something that's organized, a lot of their fears are relieved. Yeah. I think that the, a lot of the fears that parents have around video games is just like, what is he doing in there? Or what's she doing in there? 
right? And it's just that not knowing. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think that's right. It's that lack of awareness of what they're doing, who they're communicating with, if they're communicating with anybody, um, you know, what are they getting out of it? What are the benefits of it? That type of thing. So I guess you're right. When you when they see it in a structured, supervised way where teachers are part of the conversation, there's coaching, there's communication, that alleviates a lot of that fear. In regards to the, um, the documentation, you know, our uh, Fuse for Players pack um, has got a lot of stuff in there for parents, you know, the behavioral management Perfect. side of things. They have to sign off on it as well. Mm. It clearly says, you know, this is what you should expect from your, your kids rather than, you know, if they come and say, I need to train for seven hours tonight. Well, that's, <laughs> that's not exactly part of it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's a good starting point. So grab stuff from there when you create your doc for sure. And um, I feel like I feel like for my role as a health and PE teacher, it's even easier because mm. like esports are sorry, just traditional sports are gamified exercise, really. They're just games. Yeah. You know? I mean, they they have a whole nother layer of like, you know. Uh, pushing human limits and all that kind of stuff. And so that's why they are as respected and revered as they are. But there are way more similarities and differences when you're talking about esports. Yeah, I mean, the differences that are there are big, fine. But um, if, if you take Rocket League, for example, and just say, hey, this is really creative soccer. <laughs> and with some very, very, you, if you play it, you're going to find out how hard it is and yeah. how much, you know, how much practice is required and with more communication. Bro broken physics, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but fun physics, right? And, and that's yeah. it. So, so being able to explain it and have something that they can actually compare it to, I think is key. Yeah. And, and having an opportunity, as you said, to play it, so they understand how hard it is so they can, you know, respect the skill involved mm -hmm. yep. in putting it together. That's, that's really key. And we find that once teachers especially have a go at Rocket League, they go, ah, oh, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh -huh. Now I, I can see that there's, it's quite complex. You know, everyone's exactly. a bit of a hack when it comes to Mario Kart and everyone likes to think that they're awesome at it and everyone, you know, yeah. can move their body around to just dance or, yeah. Um, but yeah, when it comes to something like Rocket League and it takes a, an acquired skill to kind of, you know, move around that space and control the car with your broken physics as you will. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah there's a bit more of a respect for, for the level of skill. What do you That's think it. some of the benefits you've seen about implementing, you know, uh, esports or your social gaming club? Obviously, we spoke about participation, but what what are some of the other maybe not, um, you know, not obvious benefits that you may have seen in your setting? Uh, well, that's really interesting because, so okay, from one perspective, again, from a from a PE side of things, competition, it's difficult for. I think, I think, uh, you know, humanity, we've all just found competition through sports or war. Hopefully <laughs> we're not going there though, but like <laughs> sports and, and, you know, can obviously dance as a sport and, you know, the Olympics and things like that. It's all like physical endeavors. Mm. And then some people just aren't so inclined. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it doesn't mean that they don't want to be competitive though. And so, even though it's not actually a completely level playing field, it sure feels that way for somebody jumping into video games. I say not a level playing field in terms of like becoming a professional, but um, to compete for your school against other kids that your age and stuff like that, absolutely, it's a level playing field. Mm. 
And so you start to see, you know, very different, um, very diverse groups come to your, to your, uh, to, to the club, for example, and then forget to come the competition for a second. You know, you get kids who struggle socially, they might be anxious or, you know, they might struggle with the complexities of being on the spectrum or something like that. And, and being in a safe space where there's one thing that everybody has in common that they can have fun around and they can speak that language means that you're, you're, you're connecting with other people. Mm. Right. So, I mean, I'm finding that it's, it's already been really good. I can already see kids who, um, who wouldn't typically engage in a club are engaging in this one. Yeah, that's so cool. And it's, it's, um, you know, these conversations, I have them frequently. And that's one of the things that is coming through loud and clear, you know, that for some kids, they've, they've found something that they can be feel like they can be a part of. Um, and some of these kids, you know, don't really have other options or, or other alternatives that they generally engage in. So it's a really nice thought to think that we're creating this environment for a whole bunch of diverse kids who sometimes, you know, find it, find it tough to fit in socially or um, or find interest at school. So that's, yeah, it's a really, it's a really strong positive. Something um, I can add to that too is, is that, you know, if people don't understand what social gaming looks like, you know, with everybody's shoulder to shoulder and whatnot. And I think it's interesting because of the way that streaming and professional, you know, esports are out there and people watch massive crowds, cheering mm-hmm. teams on stuff like that. On day one, we had, uh, we had seven controllers at the time and seven kids playing smash and the spectators were cheering. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it yeah. is an atmosphere you're creating there. So especially when it's not there for ages and ages and ages, like you're only there for a short period of time, people are excited and they want to make the best out of it. So like the, the atmosphere that you're creating, I think is key in that situation. And so being able to provide that for kids who don't always find themselves in that kind of atmosphere is, is another big, I guess, big plus. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, you know, from a school's perspective, you've got an activity that's engaging so many kids, bringing them together. You know, it's social, they're interacting, it's positive. Like there's a lot of big ticks there, which is very cool. You know, one of the things that as teachers, we're we're super um, fortunate and, and privileged is, you know, when you hear those little snippets or those little comments from kids and, you know, about how much they're enjoying things or observations or, or things like that. Have you heard or, or seen any of the kids kind of, you know, talk about, you know, the positives or, or things that they're enjoying about it? Well, we're only a couple of sessions in, mm. but the the kids who want to compete on the esports teams, um, I mean, we're still, it's new, it's new territory, right? But a couple of them were super keen and set up a Discord channel, put in all the admin stuff and the bots <laughs> and everything already. And I'm like, hold your horses. Yeah. I'm not sure I can slap an Elwood logo on this just yet, but <laughs> I think it's great that you've already got that. And they already had really smart rules in place. So it's like, if, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's just for these sports players and, um, and then there might be a section for social gaming and, and, but we'll figure it out. There's, there's, there's question marks there. Um, but the, the fact that they're already self-organizing, they like this, this is, this was the whole idea was we needed yeah. to be self-sustaining and, um, student led basically. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. I'm just, I'm already astonished at how good it's going. So fingers crossed. Yeah. I will look, I think it's also important to kind of touch on the fact that it's not all roses, right? Like there are obviously issues in regards to implementation or timing or, or, you know, finding a a venue or something like that. What, What have been some of the challenges that you've come across in either the implementing or the organization or the structure of, of running your, uh, whether it's the esports side of things or the, the social gaming club? Um, again, early days, I think, I think the biggest issue is just going to be selections <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> already, you know, like I, I know that not everybody wants to compete for all the same games and things like that, but um, I didn't expect, you know, uh, over a hundred kids that are actually signed up on the Google classroom and probably more year sevens who haven't figured that out yet. Mm. Um, so once we figure out something fair and, and whatnot, and I hope to try and I, I'm not sure how the timing will work, but I'm hoping that we're going to run some in-house little tournaments as well so that they can get a chance to do these things, even yep. if they're not able to, you know, come out to an event. So, um, man, you know, the main, the main challenges are, are just around the organization stuff because it's our first year, but Mm. I don't think that'll be an issue. I don't think that'll be an issue in the, in the, in the future, really. Um, the other thing I was going to say was that the, the attitude, you know, you definitely don't want a frustrated group of kids playing right? You don't want no. the saltiness. So, um, and, and I think it, naturally you're going to have less of that anyway, if you're doing social gaming, cause there's just certain etiquette that, mm. you know, social contracts, I guess, of being in the same room as other people versus being a keyboard warrior or something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Um, and sometimes if you've been a keyboard warrior for a while and you're a bit toxic, you can bring that, but then people look at you funny. So it kind of brings you back into line. Mm. Um, but I, my, my simple rule is you're obviously welcome to our club. If you're salty, get out, come back next session. It's just simple, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, as you said, you're trying to build culture and atmosphere and you don't That's need it. toxicity. And obviously, you know, for something like the fuse cup, you're representing your school. Yeah. You, you would expect the same level of behavior if they were playing basketball or netball or you wouldn't tolerate, you know, salty or aggressive behavior towards another player uh, in any no. form of sport, whether it's traditional or esports. So it's good to know that, you know, yourself and other schools are in, having those levels of, of um, behavior expectations, even in the social aspect as well, because it sets a tone. Absolutely. Yeah. And the other side of that is, you know, if you're not, you know, pulling your weight in class, if I wouldn't let you play on the cricket tournament, you know, mm. so same thing for, for Fuse Cup, we'll find the sub. Yeah. So you just got to make sure that you're on top of everything. It's a privilege. Um, I mean, again, that's another tick in the box of actually, this is pretty close to how you just run a regular sports team, you know? Mm. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's, we're very hopeful for the year. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, and it's good to, to motivate. It's a good motivating tool, you know, for, for those students who may not be necessarily pulling their weight in other areas of the school as well. So, you know, yeah. some schools use that as a as a carrot, others don't. But it's um the beauty of it is obviously everyone has to do what suits their educational setting. And yeah. um, you know, there's no right or wrong way to go about it really, because it's obviously every every school setting's different and you know, you you have a culture within your school of how you want to run it. Quick sidebar, 
just yeah. real quick, I yeah. just remembered actually. So when I was looking into it and trying to find out what kind of budget we might have and everything like that, um, it kind of went to the the parents' council, hmm. and it went quick. Like it was just the parents were like on board. So again, that I, I think that just goes to that point I was trying to make before that um, rampant free for all gaming, for example, worries parents. Something yeah. organized. You know, doesn't doesn't uh, raise the same alarm bells, which is which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool, and we often have conversations around that. You know, P and F getting on board, or school fundraising, or um, yeah, I think that the the strength is definitely having an education background and providing a structured environment um, that schools can go and parents can go. Oh, okay, okay, I can see what's going on there, and often sometimes all it takes is also showing parents well this is what the competition looks like a short little youtube clip that we've filmed and they can visualize and schools as well they go ah oh, now i get it so it's not played remotely they're not playing online at home like no no it's you know they're representing their school in person or online but at school so yeah it's it's kind of just shining a light on some of those misconceptions that can often bring people along yeah now big question mate where do you okay. think uh, the future of esports and education might be heading? All right. Um, look, I have I don't know where it's going, but I know what my hope is, because because <laughs> yeah. right now, um, I I personally and I know it's getting better, but at least uh, you know I'm not in the scene, but I can from what I can see, it the pathway is broken to becoming like a professional. So I've always thought there are things we can learn from traditional sports, whether that's through high school or for organized clubs and things like that, that are, it's, it's, it's very, very clear where you are, I suppose, in the pecking order. There's no, there's no real question because you've got a chance to compete mm. in the right circumstances, not just online randomly with your friends, but under pressure on, in a LAN, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like side by side on, on, on the venue, for example, and you actually feel the mental side of competition, which is not talked about nearly enough. Mm. Um, and I think that high school esports has an opportunity to uh, educate so that kids don't just grind to get good. Because right now, every, like, if, if you talk to a coach or something like that, they would just say more is better. Um, yeah. Not all coaches, not all coaches. But mm. uh, I'm talking like professional coaches who have been in the scene for a long time that's that's what they think because that's that's how they did it you know um i just think that the opportunity is 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 a big one to um start from the grassroots like start that pathway to be make it a safer pathway yeah and i think with more and more universities starting to get on board mm. then there seems to be a bit of a transition period between well i'm in high school and now I can potentially use this as a pathway into university. And, yeah. and then, you know, some of the pro teams are actually partnering with universities too. So there's a bit of, I think there's, there's a bit of work being done around, you know, that kind of linking between pro teams and, you know, highly skilled um, young people. But I, I, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think there's a lot, a lot of work to be done there. There's also, yeah. you know, some changing work happening around the well-being side of things within yep within um pro teams um yep but yeah there's still obviously a lot more work there but but you know they're starting to be aware of uh, some of the concepts and 
and some of the issues around excessive or, or um, you know, sustained gaming. Um, so, yeah, yeah it's, and I guess- it's starting to change, but it's, yeah, as you said, still quite a lot that we can learn from traditional sports as well. I mean, you wouldn't go bit- and play a soccer game for 10 hours, would you? No, no, you wouldn't. But the, the great, it's great that the universities are on board, but those are already people who have made it to that level and not sacrificed their high school education. And I think yeah. that's an interesting one because your wisdom your maturity, your prefrontal cortex development mm. as a 19, 20 year old is a lot different than the 12 and 13 year olds who want to become streamers yeah, or, or pro players, for example. And then they're like, you know, the logic isn't really there. And so, mm. so it's, it's a key time to, to be able to intervene and, and guide. Um, yeah. And guide and, and encourage the right things yeah. instead of the wrong things. That's the way I would put it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we touched a little bit on well-being, and I kind of want to, you know, I know you wear two hats, you wear the, the PE and well-being side of things. So with those particular areas of expertise, where do you see the links of esports? We've spoken a lot about the traditional, you know, similarities between esports and, and sport. Um, mm-hmm. But where do you see that this fitting in, in a, you know, PE and well-being um, umbrellas? Well, I mean, there's a tricky side to it, I think. It's, it's an important one to talk about, which is that um, game design versus, you know, the design behind AFL, right? Mm. You can be passionate about both, but game design can sort of make you repeat those tasks a lot more beyond their benefits, yeah. you know? Whereas, and, there, and there's no biological limits you know, not, well, there are, but they're harder to feel. So you might get tired playing games, but you could stay there for six hours. Whereas if you're tired in footy, you're going to collapse. Yeah. So, you know, those built-in regulators aren't, aren't there for gaming, which is again, where that mm. education and stuff needs to come in. Um, and then I think also, and you, you can sort of tie this to the last answer around maturity um, of, of young high school students where, you know, if they if they see gaming as an answer to a problem right and if they happen to be good at it as well then they'll talk about the fact that they want to become professionals or something Mm. but if it's you know if they're anxious and gaming calm calms them temporarily it doesn't actually solve an anxiety problem yeah um and then they can build all these justifications that this is their way out. They don't have to engage in the regular things. It's like a shortcut, all that kind of stuff that can be dangerous. Mm. Again, high school esports, great opportunity to talk about this stuff. Um, but at the same time, you know, being able to, uh, I guess, encourage all the best parts or milk the, the most out of what high school esports can offer is that you're building that the, 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 the teammate properties that you get from, from sports, you're building that connection to other people, you're building communication skills, all these things that are, I think, underplayed quite a yeah. bit because they seem overshadowed by another, like what I just said, which is a valid point, but, but you know, if it's underplayed, then people don't see enough of, of all this stuff. And that's why I think this is great. It's because it's an opportunity to showcase like the way video games should be played. <laughs> You know, like we moved away when we went online, we moved away from, you know, like nudging your brother when you're playing Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo to make him screw up at the corner or something like that. Right. 
Yeah. And, and that had an inherent social connection. And then our connections are still there online, as we've seen through, mail, uh, through COVID lockdowns, right? Like people mm. are desperate to connect through video games or just through video chats and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. So just being able to give the, the highest quality experience of what a video game was designed to be able to bring, I think that's, that's going to be great for somebody's well-being as well because they're, they're engaged in the right ways instead of the wrong ones. Yeah, it's kind of that, that merging of two worlds, isn't it? The fun mm. aspect of online play or, or you know, video gaming, but the social component of having someone there to bounce off or, you know, yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with a lot of those answers, mate. Look, yeah, like um, what, one of the great things about sport in general, sorry, last thing, yeah. is, <laughs> is like when you do it properly, it is absolutely an avenue for personal growth. At least I'm speaking from my personal experience. My personal growth went through the roof with my beach volleyball career, if you want to call it that. Um, and, you know, I could have just played casually and just done whatever and, and been more, I don't know, I, I wouldn't have been, but let's say I was toxic playing casual volleyball or something <laughs> like that, right? Which is kind of what we can see um, with, with gaming. You get this variety of experiences, but like, uh, the opportunity for personal growth with competition, not just playing games, but with competition um, is again, something I think is, is undersold. Mm-hmm. And that's, what's so exciting that so many kids are going to have that opportunity this yeah. year to kind of find that social aspect, but the growth through the competitions as well. And look, we can't wait to, to be in Melbourne and, and to see your team in action and you know, meet face-to-face in real life if you will yeah, we've had quite a few face-to-face conversations but yeah, yeah it'll be good yeah it, it'll be great and look we can't thank you enough for, for being part of obviously the fuse cup but uh agreeing to be part of our uh, podcast series so thanks so much mate i think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this episode and um yeah always a pleasure chatting thanks for having me dan all right man thanks see ya